Welcome to episode 17 of Strength Agenda Radio, featuring Mr. Consistency over the last decade in the Highland Games and fellow dad joke connoisseur Dan McKim. This is Strength Agenda Radio, the podcast where the strong go to get smarter. Each episode features some of the most interesting athletes and coaches in the strength world, sharing their favorite stories, expertise, biggest mistakes, and training tips. And now, here's your host, Tom Soroka. So today's top of the show question is asking about mentality to an upcoming meet. The question is, Tom, I'm about a week out from my competition and I can't help but see all the other lifters I will be competing with posting their big lifts and trying to lay out my plan of attack on meet day accordingly. How do you suggest I take my approach? I know I talk about this a lot and I, I, I harp on it all the time, but you know, it's just something that I feel, you know, bears repeating. Um, and it's very true for this situation, but, uh, social media has really changed the way we view our training as well as, you know, you know, the competitions. And it also has changed how we view others and how they train and how they compete. Um, it gives you a little bit of an inside look at the, how things are going, what's working, what's not working. And most importantly, where we are mentally in our prep, you know, and it gives that same view to anybody else that is looking at what you're doing. On one hand, you know, it has brought athletes as a community together because we can instantly connect with fellow lifters on a certain subject area and share notes and talk about, you know, our, our nuances of training that have worked for us and what hasn't and kind of help us, you know, narrow our, our, our search down to what we actually need to incorporate into our training. But on the other hand, it causes us to constantly be scrolling our newsfeed up to 10 times a day, seeing what so-and-so is doing in their training. I know I'm guilty of this from time to time. But when it comes to you and your progress, you need to be able to know when it's okay to look at what others are doing and when you need to just run your own race. Of course, when it comes to your sport, there are certain factors of the competition that will be the same that for you and your competitors, you can get an idea of what they are capable of. But come game day, everyone has to perform, and the one that wins that day is the one who performed the best. It's that plain and simple. Far too many times you see a big squad or a big throw two weeks out, and on the day of competition, it's simply not there. Other times you see subpar at best prep, and then when the lights shine, the brightest, you know, a little bit of pre-workout and some adrenaline turns somebody from a dark horse to the victor. My point is this. If you are putting all your effort into your prep and getting ready for competition to the best of your abilities, there really shouldn't be too much time to be sitting around focusing on what others are doing. Uh, a couple of years ago, Kendrick Ferris posted a blank square on social media with the caption, My Competition. Everybody kind of went all up in arms and was saying that he was being arrogant, he was being this and he was being that, but his point was that it didn't matter who showed up or what happened on game day. All that he had control of was his prep and what he was capable of doing. You know, he is a three-time Olympian, so I have I, I would like to think that his uh, his mental approach, you know, works and maybe you should try to, you know, mimic that just a little bit. So focus on what you can control. Try not to get wrapped up in what everyone else around you is doing because honestly, a lot of it could just simply be mind games, some sort of tactic to throw you off, or it could just be plain old BS. Um, and, And maybe a week out or so from competition, try and stay off social media to the best of your abilities. Your friends and family will probably be grateful for the extra time that you aren't on your phone. Now let's sit back, get ready for the dad jokes, talking consistency and training, and give me two claps and a Ric Flair. All right, boys and girls, this might not come as a surprise to you, but I'm a bigger guy, and I have been for years. I remember the first time I had to take one of those medical exams to get life insurance. I scored horribly. 
Not because I wasn't healthy or fit, but because traditional insurance companies evaluate your health on an outdated standard called the BMI. Newsflash, that's not a great indicator of health for somebody who lifts weights or works out on a regular basis. So I've partnered up with Health IQ because I 100% believe in what they're doing. Rather than going the traditional route, Health IQ is a life insurance agency that offers exclusive rates to those that can demonstrate they know what a healthy lifestyle is and prove it through various methods like their Health IQ quiz, data from your fitness apps, and other unique ways. The advantage of working with Health IQ is that their unique mortality model is based on ensuring the health conscious and that they have lower rates for health conscious people, like a good driver gets on savings with auto insurance, and unique underwriting, replacing the BMI with waist to hip ratio, cholesterol calculations, and other methods. Stop paying more than you need to, or worse, avoid getting life insurance altogether because you're afraid you won't qualify for great rates. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, and that can be you too. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com agenda, or mention the promo code agenda when you talk to a Health IQ agent. According to studies, lifting reduces your risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes, among other benefits, like, you know, having awesome videos to post on Instagram. But Instagram views and followers won't be able to help you save money on your life insurance. So head on over to healthiq.com to learn more and get your free quote today. Welcome to Strength Agenda Radio. My guest today is probably one of the best Highland Games athletes ever. Uh, he might not agree, but that's not his decision. Um, he multiple-time All-American in college in the shot put. Uh, multiple-time world champion in the Highland Games. Uh, YouTube extraordinaire. If you haven't checked out Strength Shorts on YouTube, please do so. My guest today is Dan McKim. Dan, how you doing? I'm great, Tom, man. Appreciate you having me on, buddy. So, Dan, for those who are unaware with uh, you and what you do and all that stuff, give us a little bit of a background on yourself. Like, start, like, what your, you know, your athletic background is all the way up to what you are doing currently in this day. Sure. <clears throat> well, I started uh, much of my athletic career like everybody else. I got two brothers. And uh, we used to just kick it in the backyard a lot. Played every sport that was in season. And, uh, man, kind of went from there. Played basketball in high school. Quickly realized that 6'4", uh, 6'5", six, six, uh, power forward was not going to make it happen in college. <laughs> Barely made it happen in high school. And, uh, man, honestly fell in love with throwing. And uh, I started throwing in, in middle school because my brother did. And then I got better. And then in high school... I wound up uh, I wound up getting a scholarship to go to Northwest Missouri State University <clears throat> D2 school and uh, man I just fell in love with throwing and uh, it kind of much of the same thing as basketball right I realized pretty quick the Olympics weren't going to be in my future so I was staying up late one night of course studying I'm sure and uh, in <laughs> college and uh, ESPN2 was covering the Scottish Highland Games yeah and I was I like whoa about that. time yeah you remember that ultimate heavy yeah, athletics yeah. Uh, and I was like, dude, hold on. What's this? You got big dudes wearing kilts, throwing heavy stuff, man. And they're on TV and there's people cheering. Like, you know, Tom, people don't cheer yeah. and track. Like no, you got God, your no. mom, dad, grandma, and grandpa there. And that's, that's it. about it. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I'm going to try this out. So, uh, I mean, I just, I just jumped out on a field. Uh, I got married in 04 and, uh, I walked out on a field with <laughs> shorts and a sleeveless t-shirt yeah. to a Highland games and. Man, that was in 04, and man, I fell in love with the sport. I've been throwing in the Scottish Highland Games for 13 years, man. So what were your best throws in college for 
people that might be interested? Because I, I know personally, because we've talked and stuff like that, but what, what were your best throws? Just kind of give people an idea. Sure. I went uh, 57 in the shot, 169 in disc, 60 in the weight, and uh, one like 181 or 183 in the hammer. And I tried okay. the javelin once, Coach. Signed me up for conference. My senior year is like, here you go, McKim. You're going to score some points for us. He's like, coach, I can't throw the javelin, man. He's like, yeah, you're going to yeah. score some points. I walk out there. All the javelin guys are like, dude, McKim, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm throwing javelin today, guys. Oh, it was the most embarrassing thing in my college career. Oh, I can only imagine. That was it was the same thing except freshman year when we were in college. It was, you know, because I'm assuming Missouri's you know, similar or whatever. Um, like, we don't do javelin or hammer. Uh, for high school right. anyways it's just shot and discus so like freshman year the coach signs you up for everything and he's like sink or swim <laughs> yep. I, I definitely sank like i remember the first my first like javelin throw like i felt something in my elbow i'm like that's that no no nope i was yep. like that does not feel good at all and no, then they're like over. yeah there was like they're like this girl beat you i was like okay cool great bye like <laughs> i was yep. like if it doesn't if it doesn't weigh more than like two pounds i'm out <laughs> Dude, so, it, yeah. it is painful, isn't it? Like, you know yeah, what you're it, doing, that elbow? Dude. Well, it's like you people watch it, and they're like, oh, it's not that hard. And I'll be like, try it. Yeah. And like, it is, like, javelin is just completely, I don't even consider it, like, part of the throws. Like, I coached at a, a Division three school for a while, and they're like, do you want to coach the javelin throwers, too? I'm like, no. I was like, that's a completely <laughs> different, I was like, no, we're good. So, you got a couple of Americans, right? You, or, right? Yeah, I was, uh. And I went to three indoor and three outdoor national championships. I was, man, I, I'm honest, anybody, I was the I was the poster boy for choking at nationals. Really? Man. Yeah, I, I only came away one, with one All-American in the shot put indoors, and I finished eighth. I mean, the eighth. last spot you could get. But, yeah. man, it was one of those things where I was a sophomore, and I threw 57. You know, and honestly, uh, honestly, I thought, like, my coach was leaving, you know, D2 school. All we had was, uh, you know, grad assistants. He was leaving, and I thought yeah. at the time, I was like, you know what, maybe I should – Maybe I should transfer. Really yeah. like this coach. He's gone. He's leaving. Maybe I should transfer. I thought about going to Iowa State because I like the throws coach up there, Dan O'Mara there. Yeah. He's got some great stuff. And and I and I didn't. And then just kind of things didn't transpire after that. Yeah. And that was really disappointing because I was hoping to hit, you know, 57 as a sophomore. I redshirted a year. The D2 record at the time was 61-11. And I thought, okay. man, maybe I got a shot. I went from 49 as a freshman to 57 as a sophomore. Yeah. And then – Things just kind of fell apart, man. That Bad. sucks. sucks. <laughs> so then the Highland Games, like I said, I've heard the story of you just showing up uh, in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt to throw and all that stuff, and obviously the rest is history. Uh, how many world championships do you have? You, you retired this year, which yeah. I was really glad to be able to uh, be on this field. I didn't throw with you, but I was at Detroit. I threw in the, with the amateurs before you guys went, um, and this was your last year, and you've had, you know, quite the career in the Highland Games. How many world championships do you have, national championships, et cetera? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Uh, God really blessed my career. It's been amazing. I've got four world championships, six U.S. championships, and I hold uh, two world records in the hammer, both hammers. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, see, it's one of those things you post, like, your training videos um, for, or you know, from time to time, and you watch your hammer throws, and I'm just like, how does it do that? And then you watch you actually compete, like seeing like somebody like in a training video versus in person is completely different. Um, you get like for those who don't know, in Highland Games we throw a twenty-two pound hammer and a sixteen pound hammer, and there are very few people that can make a twenty-two pound hammer look as light 
as Dan does. Uh, the the speed on between your twenty two and your sixteen is insane, and it's just it's it's something to to marvel at, and it's really sad that you're not going to be doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite Highland games? Like, oh, what, what, which one was your favorite one to go to? Oh, I've got to say the Celtic Classic, man. That's our U.S. Championship. You know, you spend yeah. it's kind of that uh, the red line, right? So you've got the top yeah. ten guys in the U.S. have got to qualify. And there's the yeah. only ones that get to go to Celtic. And they treat you in our sport, a niche sport it is, you know. People know you and remember you every year. At the end of end of the competition, they open up the gates and they let people yeah. come in and take pictures. So you afterwards you're holding kids up, you're you're taking pictures of people. And that one is so special to me because there are people that would come every year, take a picture with me, and I would see their kids grow through the years. That's and insane. Not, and it made me feel really old, right? I was like, dude. Yeah. I remember when that kid was just tiny. Now he's a, now he's a kid. He's a big kid, yeah. and so. But it was it's just such a family atmosphere to where they yeah. cheer for you, they know you, they remember you. And on our sport, in throwing sports and strength sports, you don't always get that. No, no, not at all. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the one thing uh, we had Matt and uh, Beach on in the, the the our last season. And that was one thing that we kind of talked about was just the camaraderie, not only between the competitors, because like Highland Games, you're competitive, but there's really not a sport like it where you're helping out the, your, your competitor as much as you are in the Highland games. And then you have the fans involved too. And that was the one thing, you know, I've talked to numerous people about is you get a lot of these new guys in and they're like, what's like the best they're, they're, they're always like talking about what's the one thing I need to know if I want to, you know, make it to the pros. And they think it's some training tip or um, some sort of like competitive edge type deal. And it, I, I always love it when the people look at them and go, you need to connect with the crowd. Because, like you said, like it's it's a niche sport. There's not a ton of, you know, fanfare around it, except for you know people like the Celtic Classic. And I guarantee you, at an event like the Celtic, if you're not, you know, connecting to the fans, if you're not, you know, putting on a show for them, they're not gonna, you know, even waste their time trying to talk to you. They're gonna go find the guy who might not be the best thrower out there, but he entertained them. They they were able to connect with him in some form or fashion, and that's what you know a lot of people miss, and when, especially when it comes to the Highland Games. But I would imagine it's very much the same in a lot of other strength sports. Right, right. No, it's, so uh, that's a good point. So the main thing, two main things I wanted to talk to you about today is um, for those who don't watch Dan's training clips, um, you are probably one of the strongest strength athletes out there, whether you believe it or not. I know you, you rag on your <laughs> squat a lot. Um, but the, the lift, the single most impressive lift that, that first attracted me to start watching all your stuff and what you were doing and how you did it was hang snatches. Um, you don't do them as a traditional weightlifter. Like I know you've also said numerous times, do not copy how I do these. It just, yeah. it's a style that works for you, but from the hip in uh, catching on almost straight legs, what is, what is the most you've snatched? Uh, three forty one is my best. Exactly, um, that is a ridiculous. <laughs> so, so three thirty five, which I've seen you post, or I'm sorry, three thirty, which you've posted numerous times, making is one hundred fifty kilos. So three forty one, I believe, is almost one hundred sixty kilos, something like that. Um, my math is off this early in the morning, but oh, I, that I is, use American numbers. I know, I know. But weightlift, <laughs> weightlifters listening are going to be like, "How much is three forty one?" Yeah, uh, um, might be one fifty five. I don't know. But regardless, that is a ridiculous amount of weight with almost no momentum built and just all upper back and stuff like that. But the thing that impressed me the most about it, we were talking about it earlier before we started recording, is your consistency over a long period of time. 
Like, I feel like, I don't think I've ever seen a video of you not snatching over 300 pounds. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about your mentality, um, how you approach training and stuff like that to not only stay consistent across the board, but to just make incremental little changes in your training and just like adding a little bit at a time to maintain that consistency and add onto that consistency. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I, uh, snatch has always been fun for me. It's funny because he would always comment. You're like, dude, you want to compete? <laughs> I'll <Yeah>. coach you. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, well, like was... Tom, I can't rack a weight. I can't rack anything in the clean. That's why I always use straps, right? Is I can't rack yeah. anything because my wrists from throwing are all jacked up. But if I can yeah. just go do a snatch, maybe we'll do that. There you go. We'll find a snatch <laughs> competition for you. Yeah. No, man. I think for me, honestly, is I I do train a little different than other guys. Uh, I I'm a I'm a believer in personally in in the throws, especially. I have not deadlifted in all my career, right? Yeah. I never throw anything from the ground, so. Yep. If I'm limited, if I'm going to spend three or four days a week throwing, you know, for hours, if I'm going to spend eight hours a week throwing, and I'm going to spend four to five days a week in the train in the in the weight room, I have limited time, and so yeah. I'm going to maximize that time. And so I've always been a believer of, of hang movements, that's hang cleans and hang snatch are very yep. applicable to throws. But for me to just like you said, the incremental sometimes has been really frustrating because I, yeah. I I do see people make big jumps, and I'm like, doggone, I can't do that. And that's just not how I, I was made, right? Yeah. I lift and you throw with people that are real springy, real explosive. And I'm not. Yep. I'm, I've, I've had another uh, a friend of mine call me. Uh, I have like, I'm like a tractor, right? Yeah. That is, I'm like that a is tractor a here. To, you yeah. know, you, those guys, you got the Ferraris where they're, they're hitting everything. Say if they're going to, if they're going <laughs> to, if they're going to squat, they're hitting everything all the way up to 500 super fast. And you think, dude, yeah. they're going to smash 550, 600 today. And then they peak yeah. out at 525. Yep. But that zero to 500 was was really fast. And so I, I think that's why I'm incremental through the years. But I think also for me is I'm, I'm a big linear progression guy because I feel like that's more applicable, applicable to big throws in big events. If I can start here and, and work my way and peak after 14 weeks, for example, then yeah. I'm going to work that way. Absolutely. The other thing for me too is I'm not a percentage-based guy. And I know that's... Okay. That's taboo, right? Everyone's like, oh, I hit you know, five sets of five at 65% today. And one thing that I always have believed in and always done with my training is the percents aren't always going to be good. There are days where I've, I've done percentage-based training, and there's days that I walk in and I smoke my percentages. And I'm like, wow, I should have worked a lot harder today. I should have hit higher. I should have bumped them up. There are days you walk in. And I get buried by my percentages and I leave and I feel horrible yeah. and I didn't train well when I should have bumped those percentages down. So I know that not everybody wants to train that way and maybe not everybody can. Yeah. Uh, but I like to go into the gym. I like when I'm training is to understand this is what I can do today. So each set, you know, each thing is coming to uh, failure on that last rep is almost a failure. So that, that means that some days I'm, it's going to be a slow build at times, but I feel like, that's it's been more conducive to to throwing in, into my training and perhaps maybe my body type. I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously something of that, you know, how, how you approach it is working because given, you know, all the success and stuff like that you've had. Um, what are some of your, your, your gym lifts? I, I know pressing and snatching are like your two big ones, but I did see you do Squattober and I saw <laughs> you do December. Uh, so you've been doing a little bit more of the stuff that you say you're not so good at, but just, just what are some of your gym lifts? Yeah, no, I've got a, uh, not a powerlifting level of any means, you know, it's a touch and go 500 pound bench press. 
I've got a 600-pound squat. Uh, I did do dead simber, so I deadlifted more in a month than I have in my whole life yeah. in December, and it wrecked me. Yeah. But it was fun. You know, yeah. it was something different. I'm not throwing anymore, so we'll try to ease into it. You know, I went 570 uh, on a on a hard Alico power bar, which made me feel good about myself. It wasn't a Texas power bar or anything. Yeah. Uh, I've snatched uh, the 341. I've also hand cleaned 425. That's right, insane. 420 for a double and 425 for one. Yeah, my best there. So you're you're probably like one of those uh the the you know you see all the videos of the 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 guys getting ready for the combine or the college like offensive linemen and stuff like that that are just like <laughs> hang cleaning you know 450 pounds no squat whatsoever <laughs> like knees look like they're about to touch in the catch and stuff like that I would imagine it might be similar to that but it doesn't make it any less impressive I yeah. mean. To take 400 pounds from wherever, whether it's the knee, floor, blocks, whatever, and heave it to your shoulders in one quick motion, technique aside, yes, obviously, the coach and me would love to see great technique every time, but it's still mm-hmm. impressive. It's actually almost more impressive to me when a human being can do that with very little technical proficiency. So that's just, that 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 is insane. Um, so another thing, too, is I remember when you were... It, so when I got into the Highland Games, I, you were already an established pro, or you might have just made the jump to the pro ranks or whatever. And the one thing I always heard from people, you know, snickering, jeering, whatever, is Dan's going to get hurt with the way he trains. Like, he's going to get hurt. Like, it's only a matter of time. And lo and behold, you know, like you said, 10 years later, you haven't had a significant injury. You haven't had to have surgery. Now you've, like, you got your bumps and your bruises along the way. Um, what contributed to that do you think you know is it the way you were training is it just how you took care of yourself and if there was something that you did outside of training to take care of yourself because you don't post too much about that kind of stuff so that was something that always intrigued me is how do you take care of yourself to be able to you know year after year after year maintain that consistency we talked about with the training man ah tom that's a great question and thanks for the insight i didn't realize guys were talking about that (laughs) I knew that I got made fun of a lot for uh, behind my back on, on some of my training for sure, though. Well, not necessarily made fun of. Like the the, the first one was Chicago um, the, when they used to do the pro am. I remember Kerry uh, Overfelt just losing his mind watching you, you know, clear sixteen feet and the weight for height with not extending. Yeah, <laughs> and like it, it, you know, it, for anybody that knows Carrie, like he would just you know in his southern accent just start losing it and being like, "How in the world is he?" Di-? And just going on and on about it. And he's like, "Man, he goes, he gonna get hurt. You're trying to catch the snap." And I'm like, "He's not gonna get hurt." And then you know, <laughs> you, you, eventually you started extending and you cleared more height and all that stuff. But it was it was more just in jest because I think people were just in awe of what you were able to do with what the, you were doing in the gym. I don't think, I really don't think it was anything mean spirited, but that was always the main thing. Yeah. You're like, man, is he going to get hurt? Cause I know for a while on belief thrower, you posted your training and it was a ton of volume. Like at this, like far out from a competition. Like I think you had for a while there and I have it saved somewhere on my computer, like a 12 week sample of what you did. And it was a ton of volume, like those first four weeks and stuff like that. And even every time I would look at it, I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, how does he survive that? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I go back to my question. How yeah. did you maintain, you know, an, a year to year that same consistency given, you know, the abuse you put your body through? Yeah, no, I, and I've outlined it. Uh, I've actually 
you got a book and an ebook. It's called Behemoth, and it's a fourteen week, uh, my fourteen week training. And yeah, it is a lot of volume. And people that jump into the, hey man, I'm gonna try it, and then they like a weekend, they're like, dude, I am getting trashed by the volume. I was like, yeah, I know, that's part of it. But you're not looking yeah. to throw big now. You're looking to throw big in fourteen weeks, right? Right, right. So, right. Uh, I honestly, man, as I look back and I look at my career, I'm just so thankful for that, for the in, being virtually injury free and I, and I can only credit to that to God honestly is yeah. is saying like hey how how did he protect me and that's how I know that you know I was meant for a purpose in the sport of something he had planned because you know I hear of all these different things you know the contrast showers and the different foam rolling and the stretching and all this stuff and I'm like man I don't do any of that <laughs> I wonder if I should <laughs> right yeah. and but I've been very blessed I did have an injury in 2008 Right, I just turned pro 2007. I just turned pro, and everybody was deadlifting. Right, everybody's online and they're posting all these huge deadlifts, and I'm like, dude, maybe I should start deadlifting because I didn't yeah. do it in college. I didn't feel it was applicable to throws, but everyone was doing it. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna start deadlifting. I started deadlifting, and then I did some cleans from the floor, and boom, I trashed my back. And it was a year that I fought that, and I kept fighting, and my back issues, you know, I had spasms, and I went yeah. to MRIs and had epidural shots. And I honestly, I remember telling Sean Betts, who's uh, was really my mentor in the sport. He was a world champion yeah. in 2008. And I remember telling him, I was like, dude, I think I'm done. I think I'm going to retire. <laughs> and he's like, no, you can't do it, man. Keep going with it. And since then, I did change some of my training. I didn't do cleans from the floor. I quit deadlifting because yeah. I didn't feel as applicable. And I felt yeah. like just my body structure was more likely to get hurt. Yeah. Also, as you look back, you can see the video now. Horrible form. Horrible yeah. technique. And that's how I got hurt. But I think... Uh, I think it's a, and my training too, <clears throat> excuse me, is based on, I guess you could call it power building. So yeah. I break it up into muscle groups, right? So it, it, you can say that's not athletic based, but it's worked well for me. And I think that's allowed me to do the volume. It's allowed me to recover and it's allowed me to work hard. I can train hard and get after it because I know my body part, if you will, will have recovery through that time period. But it's been fun, it, man. Yeah. Like, and that that's one thing, you know, when you know when i look at versus what i did you know or what i did with mdusa versus what i do now with the lifters i coach like the one thing that like separates the training necessarily is the accessory work the lifters hate it and it's a little bit more like you were talking about like a body or power building approach um we, I, I i focus on certain body you know body parts and stuff like that and again it's not for athletic performance but it's more for recovery and injury prevention you know yeah. we focus on areas that aren't getting targeted with the lifts and stuff like that so you're not creating imbalances and inefficiencies and stuff like that and it sucks like even myself like i when i look at a training program and i'm, I'm getting you know, <laughs> going through my workout and stuff like that I see the accessory work and I'm like, if I'm running short on time, I'm like, oh, I don't have to do that. <laughs> yep. And then, and then like a week of not doing that, you, you you wake up like on that Monday morning, ready to start the new week, and you're like, I feel horrible. And it's just like all those compound movements just beating on your body. Like you need to do something to get a little bit of blood flow in there. And, you know, some people call it active recovery or whatever. I mean, that's essentially what that does. So that's that's really interesting to hear that that you're kind of ahead of where everybody is now because even you see these you know high-end crossfitters and 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 um, um, um you know fitness athletes and stuff like that they do just some sort of workout even on their off days where they're just going through light movements for a ton of reps just to get blood flowing so they don't get stiff they don't you know get tight and all that stuff and you know here we are dan mckim multiple time world champion was you know 
on this before a lot of these uh, popular athletes nowadays were doing it. So way to be, Dan. <laughs> I don't think you give me a credit. I think, honestly, I was like, you know, I'm going to do a lot of curls because I want bigger arms. You yeah, know what? I'm going to do some shoulders because yeah. I want some bigger traps. Absolutely. <laughs> so, 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 so for somebody getting involved in – whether it's Highland Games, Strongman, some sort of a strength sport that, that you can you know relate to. What are just some things um, for the guys starting out that you – we're going to split this up into three sections. Uh, for the guys starting out first, what are just some suggestions you have for them, like just some pieces of advice that you would give them if somebody you know came up to you and asked, like, what do I need to know? Like, what would you tell me to do that you didn't do or that you would have done better when you were starting out? Hmm. I think first of all is just get out and do it, right? I, I have people ask me and they'll send me messages like, hey, I'm thinking about getting started. What do I need to know? And I was like, well, you need to know if you like it, if you're really yeah. going to enjoy it because you need to decide that before you do anything else. And so Absolutely. I always tell people, it was like, well, how do I get started with a practice? And I was like, just go to a comp. Just yeah. show up. Go sign up in the novice division. People will help you, especially in the Highland Games. They will bend over backwards to help you. So get yeah. out there and try it and then find out if you like it. Because some people aren't, may not like it, and that's fine. Well, that's yeah. great because that means you haven't wasted, you know, two months trying to prep for it. Just go yeah, out exactly. there and enjoy it and have fun. That's definitely what I'm going to – I tell people who are starting out. Okay. Now let's go for somebody that might be a middle of the road. They've been in it a couple of years, whatever. They're either just looking to maintain what they got or possibly make that next step up. What – would your advice be to somebody coming to you being like, Hey, what do I need to know at this stage in my, you know, athletic career? Yeah. I think honestly, it's kind of how I kind of went through it, I guess, is when I hit that, that point is like, what do I want from this? You know, do I want to be the best I can be? I want, do I, or do I want to just do this for fun and enjoy it? Cause to me, there's a big difference between the two. Right? Absolutely. You know that, Tom. It's got to be the same yeah. way in weightlifting, right? And yeah. To where, yeah. like you did, you dedicated. You're like, cool, I am going to move and I'm going to jump two feet into this because I want to be at the national, yep. international level doing this. Yep. And I think there's a big difference between that. And for Highland Games, that meant like, okay, that means I got to get up at 4.30 in the morning and train before work and then go to work and then dedicate an hour and a half to two and a half hours three, four, five days a week throwing. Yep. And some people don't want that. And that's fine. That's fine yeah. if you don't want that. But I think if you're middle of the road or you're, sorry, if you're kind of in the middle, you're, you're deciding, you, you've got to decide what you want to do. Yeah. And I, I look back, honestly, on my career, and there, it's been awesome, man. I, I've traveled and done things I never thought possible and competed at levels I didn't even dream possible. But I also missed a lot, yeah. you know? Absolutely, and, yeah. There, there's always that give and take. Yeah, and I, I think of like you, man. You're moving across the country twice, really, right? Oh, yeah, geez, yeah, well, like, yeah, three times almost. I went Chicago to California, California to uh, South Carolina, and then South Carolina back to Chicago. Like, it was, yeah, it was, uh, the, the car almost made it. Almost made it back to Chicago for the round trip, but at the end of the what day, What was it, it for you then, man? What was it for you uh, that, like... Like you decided, you know, like, you know, hey, I want to, it, so, I'm not going to dabble, mean, I'm going to do. No, so it was just, it was one of those things, like you, I was a college thrower. I had, um, we had, Kevin East was our throws coach, and Kevin East was a phenomenal throws coach, but he told us when he first started, he's like, I can only get you so far. 
like if you have aspirations of doing this, you need to find somebody else because once you graduate here, I'm going to be of no use to you. And so it was one of those things, like I had said, I just picked up the weight and the hammer and I was doing kind of good at those. I was kind of, I was figuring them out and John Godina had just opened his throw center in Arizona. And I don't know how we got in touch or whatever, but we just kind of started talking and he was like, Hey, I can't promise much. He goes, but if you want to, you know, would be willing to relocate out here, like you have a spot at our training center to work on your throwing and we'll just kind of see what happens for a couple of years. Um, Adrian Wilson had, you know, just gone out there or was in the process of going out there. Like they're collecting throwers. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, it just didn't work out. Um, my, my wife had health issues. Um, it was just, you know, money, all perfect storm of not happening. So I started competing in the Highland games that, you know, where I met all you guys and stuff like that. I took a teaching job and I was coaching and, you know, doing all this stuff. And then Ingrid moved back to Chicago and she had just pretty, she was, she was at the tail end of her bobsled career, but she was also an accomplished weightlifter. And she was in touch with Glenn Penley, and apparently he put something out that he was just looking for weightlifters. And I was I, I was personal training for her every once in a while when she wasn't in the studio. Just one day she was in there. I'm screwing around doing, like, snatches or whatever. And she's like, do you, or I was doing one-arm snatches. And she's like, do you want me to show you how to do that the right way? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. And, you know, with, like, 10 minutes of her instruction, I was snatching 225, catching it in a full squat. No body contact whatsoever. It was just, it was horrendous. And she was like, you should go out to Glenn. And I, I went out there. I was like, oh, worst case scenario or best case scenario, I can learn how to do the lifts and then teach my throwers and my athletes how to do them. And when I came, I went out there and by the end of the weekend, I had snatched, I don't know, about 300 pounds and I clean and jerked a little over like 365, something like that. And, and it's, yeah, so I, I had snatched like 137 for the kilo users and it was one, 165, 170, something along those lines. And I came back and I had a phone call. Glenn's like, I want you to try this full time. He goes, I can't promise you're going to make an Olympic team. He goes, but you could be competitive internationally with a little bit of work. And my wife and I just kind of sat down and she's like, you know, people don't get second chances to try to pursue the Olympics. So let's figure this out and let's do it. So I literally, the next day, walked in, handed in my letter of resignation to my, my school, wow. and I left. And it was, you know, the rest is history. I, I Again, just like you, I got to meet some great people. I got to travel to places I never would have been able to travel to. And it set me up to be able to do what I'm doing now. And it, my our whole philosophy, my wife and I, when we first got married, was, you know, we always wanted to say, oh, well, instead of what if. And that was the thing, especially with weightlifting. It was just that one, ch like, I knew the chances of making an Olympic team were minimal at best, but at least I knew I gave it my best shot. And it's, I got some cool stories to tell my kids, you know, later down the road. But I think yeah. every strength athlete can, you know, relate to that. You in particular, I mean, f for crying out loud, like for me going to Scotland, it's like, oh my God, I get to go to Scotland. But like, how many times have you gone out there? Uh, three yeah, exactly. You're kind of like, okay, I'm going to Scotland again. Like some people have never been there and they're like, oh my God, like the Highland Games, that was the one thing that really intrigued me about it was the, the, the places you got to visit if you got to your level, if you got to the pro level, like they took care of you as a pro at some of these competitions and you got to go to places you, you know, places up in Canada, out in uh, Victoria. I've heard the Victoria Highland Games is a beautiful you know place to go. Uh, out in the Pacific Northwest and Portland and the Claw and all that, then out into, you know, 
up um national championships i'm drawing a blank the celtic mm-hmm. and then you go across overseas to europe and stuff like that like you've got the travel and you know do some really cool stuff and it's all like you were saying before like first off figure out your why figure out if you're going to enjoy it if you like it and then establish what you want to get out of it and that's going to be you know that that's going to be your biggest driving force Absolutely. and and like i said you i i would hope you have no regrets about you know, what you've done in the sport. Obviously, you always wish that the stuff you missed, you know, with your family and friends and stuff like that. Like, I, it sucked being away from our families for four years, but we wouldn't have changed it. And I, I would imagine you have a much, you know, similar feelings. Maybe not the exact same because your situation is a little bit different because you have how many boys now? Yeah, five. Five. <laughs> See, that yeah. was the other thing. Is that I remember uh, Kirksville. When you just had the three. Yeah. And uh, your oldest was a little guy. Like, and then I saw uh, you posted something from like a snow day not too long ago. And I could see your oldest in it. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like your story about the Celtic. I'm like, man, he is getting big. I know. Yeah. You almost got a full like offensive line going there. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> All right. So what's next for Dan McKim? You've, you've, you've yeah. done the competing. You've, you've kicked butt net venue. Uh, like, what are you doing now? What is next for Dan McKim? Uh, Spartan races. No, not really. <laughs> well, you did do the one. <laughs> yeah, man, I did do the one on TV and almost died, you know. But yeah, it was great. That yeah. was cool to watch. What was the name of that? It was the Spartan, uh, the Ultimate Team Challenge. Yeah, the Ultimate Team Challenge. Yeah, it was on NBC. Uh, yeah, it was this summer, right? That that aired. Yeah, it aired in June. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal to watch because mostly because I knew everybody on your team. Uh, I was <laughs> yep. like, I know them. I have a story that yeah. So that was really cool. But but no, seriously, what's next for you, man? <clears throat> Tom, that's that's something I've been trying to figure out, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I've had I, I've talked to you know friends and they've said, hey, you don't have to compete, man. You you've you've done what you do. Enjoy your boys yeah. and have fun. And I think where I'm at right now, man, is I love to train. I love to train still. Like yeah. I'm not going to give up trying to get stronger and throwing around heavy weight. I, yeah. I love it. So yeah. I don't know, man. I've contemplated originally. I thought, well, maybe I'll try an Olympic lifting meet. And then I started reviewing the things I'd have to do in terms of <laughs> wrist and elbow and shoulder mobility because of my years of throwing. Yeah, like, man, that's going to be hard. Yeah. So I've contemplated maybe doing a powerlifting meet. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Just to, just to, you know, kind of like you do, man. Just yeah. let's go compete. Go have just fun. Go, let's go, go find some something. stuff, yeah. So you work for Sorenex. Uh, talk about your YouTube stuff. Like, how did that all come about? Because for those who don't know, it's some of the funniest stuff out there. Uh, your, <laughs> your sketch comedy makes me laugh, personally. I love dad jokes. I love corny stuff. <laughs> uh, and so and your impersonations are spot on. My, my favorite one to date is your throws coaches one. Like, how did that come up? How, how did that come about? Oh, I appreciate it, man. No, I, I know <laughs> I read your, your dad jokes and laugh because I love corny jokes too, man. So we're a kindred spirit there. Uh, honestly, man, I've always, I don't, I don't know how it came about just because I love to laugh and I love to have fun. I love to have joy in life. And it, honestly, making fun videos is giving me an avenue to, to share that. And what I yeah. think is funny, not everybody thinks is funny, and that's okay. It still yeah. enables me to be creative and to have fun, and yeah. and it's 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 just it, it's been always been a part of my personality to yeah. joke around and laugh. 
And a lot of people don't see that. Sometimes they see the serious Daniel McKim and yeah. they see the speaking at churches and functions and, and yeah. youth groups and stuff. They see that side. But um, yeah, I just want to have fun, man. Life's, life's awesome. short. Let's let's have fun. Let's laugh. Yeah. So like, so like I said, if you have not done so, go check out the Strength Shorts. He posts them on uh, Instagram. as He has his own Instagram page for the Strength Shorts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, they're good. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially when you have people that make guest appearances, there uh, that 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 dynamic makes it a little bit better. But I, I laugh at them. <laughs> I laugh at them, and if I need a laugh, I'll usually go back and go looking for a couple to to chuckle about at the end of a long day or something like that. <laughs> so, all right. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna go into the lightning round, and we're gonna ask you some weird questions. Ready? All right, man. What's one thing you use every training session? One thing that if you changed for under ten dollars would have an immediate effect on your training. For myself and my lifters, that was upgrading to Hand Armor Chalk. Hand Armor, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting, is professional grade stuff. We keep it old school in the gym with their block chalk, but for me personally, I'm a huge fan of their liquid chalk. I use it whenever I'm throwing as a base glare before I tape up my hands, and it's a total game changer. It's completely mess-free, long-lasting, antimicrobial, and most importantly, gives me a great grip for my entire training session. I love this stuff and recommend you give it a try. The block chalk just starts at $3 and the liquid chalk under $7. Plus, if you use code AGENDA at checkout, you get an additional 10% off. HandArmorChalk.com. Go get yours now. Okay, so lightning round. Questions. We're going to do three questions. Three questions have nothing to do with anything. Just the first answer that pops into your head. All right, ready? Okay. If you could be any color in a box of Crayola crayons, what color would you be and why? Green, because it's everywhere. Okay. Not really, I don't know. Grass, okay. I grass, trees, there you green. Go. There you go, green. Very, very middle of the road answer here. Let's go a little <laughs> bit crazier. If you were a WWE pro wrestler, oh, me. what would your name be and what would your walkout song be? Oh, dude, okay, so. <laughs> totally, I'd be I'd be the Highlander. Yeah, uh, I would do. Yeah, I've already figured this would be a great idea. No one's just asked me about it. I got to get with Vince McMahon. You know, I wear the yeah. kilt, I paint my face like Braveheart, grow my hair, I got the beard. Oh, this is, now entering the ring, the four-time world champion of the Scottish Highland Games, the Highlander. Um, but I would probably have to make my own walkout uh, to something. Uh, Kind of like the Red Hot Chili Pipers. If you're a Scottish Highland Games, you've heard yeah, them play a bunch. Yeah. It's like uh, heavy metal meets bagpipes. So it'd have to be That's, something cool like that. Man. That is phenomenal. <laughs> I think I, I'm going to ask, throw in a bonus question here. Um, if you could eliminate any state from the union, you got a big old map of the United States, and all you got to do is just push a state like a button, and it's gone. Which one are you eliminating, and why? I know, I know, but it's it's it's, it's interesting to hear, because last season my home state was like hands down like the first one, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even mad about that. This we're in a mess. <laughs> just just start just start over, burn it down, and start over. So what That's state? True. Uh, let's see. It affected the least amount of people, so it'd have to be the smallest state, I guess. What is that? Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut or Rhode Island. That's Rhode that was Island. Most people, yeah, that was most people's usual. They're like, they're like, what's up in North Dakota? Can we just get rid of that one? Oh, <laughs> that's harsh. I like yeah. North Dakota, man. I do. That's what I said. I was like, aren't the they have all the monuments and stuff up there? Or is that South Dakota? <laughs> that's South Dakota. South Dakota. 
whatever. They got they got the the, the pipeline up there or something. I don't That's know. Right. Um, last question: Who is winning in a fight, Spider Man or Batman? Oh, dude. Yeah. No, this is a great question. I have these questions with my boys all the time. Spider Man is that. As great as Batman is, he's nothing more than a glorified rich guy with cool gadgets. Okay. Doesn't have superpowers. He's my. He's probably my favorite superhero, right? But right, because he's the most relatable. Yeah, but Spider Man, even Spider Man, as weak as he is, he dominates him. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, Dan, for people who are unaware of who you are or want to find out more about you, where can they go to get the lowdown on Dan McKim? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. If, anybody, if I can help anybody out, that's one thing I want to try to do, and we didn't really get to cover it today, was like, you know, just just giving back or helping where yeah. I can. Yeah. Uh, I've got a throwing book. I've got a training book. Uh, those are available online. If you want to reach out to me, I'll try to help and connect you. If you want to get in the Highland Games, let's try to get you connected to where you can be in uh, different places in the country. But uh, believethrower.com is my website. Uh, my Instagrams are McKim Daniel, of course, Strength Shorts, and then I've also got YouTube and Twitter as well. But, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if I can help anybody in any way. I'd love to get you involved in this sport. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and add all that stuff into the show notes at the bottom of this page. Dan, thank you so much, dude. This was great. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Like I said, you were one of the first guys when I got involved in the Highland Games that, like, would come up and talk and just kind of offer little tidbits here between you and Sean and then, you know, Carrie, Craig, Mark, all those guys. Like, it was really cool to to have those you guys to 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 bounce ideas off of and i you know even to this day i'm still eternally grateful that you guys remember you know the small guys when you're all big time and stuff oh man i appreciate you buddy it's been an awesome it's been awesome to watch your career blossom in in lifting and the things you do man so thanks for what you do and how you give back and the education you provide man it's fun Thanks for listening to Strength Agenda Radio. Be sure to visit strengthagendaradio.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover exclusive offers and resources for our listeners. Until next time, train hard, lift heavy.